Ready? Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 24-4 and we're your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Fernell. And every week we hang out and listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. We just pick a wacky topic and we, we, we try to find music that fits that, that, that topic. Um, Sometimes the topic comes from just random events. Sometimes the topic is based off of something I had for breakfast. Sometimes it's based off of something Rob passed or one of his daily jugs. <sighs> and other times the topic can be based on current events and life happenings. And sometimes it's based on uh, something I've just passed. <laughs> in general, like, in general, not even on a run, just passed through. Um, anyway, so I saw that you finished uh, Death End Request. How was that? I liked it. Um, it was funny because it was the desire to finish it was originally triggered by the fact that I got a review code for the second game, and I wanted to make sure that I had the game completed just in case you know there was like a direct tie-in. I didn't want to be spoiled by it. So yeah. the end result was um, the story was good. The uh, the combat starts good, and while it never becomes bad, it does become like repetitive. But again, I think that issue can exist in like any, yeah, like a lot of JRPGs that are like semi turn based. So sure, sure. I don't really fault it for that. The narrative was cool. It was so if you're not familiar with it, it is the the story was penned by the guy who did Corpse Party. Um, so it's a Corpse Party themed like esque story. But it is a JRPG, so you're doing. There's like you're on one. There's like a a, vi- a visual novel element to the game, and uh-huh. then there's the RPG element to the game. And the premise is that you are a, you, there is a character who is trapped inside of a MMORPG that went dormant for six months and then just reactivated itself. Like they shut it down. It got reactivated six months later on its own, and she was in it. Huh. But up to that point, she was missing. Something happened to her. And then the lead programmer on the game realizes that the game is running. He boots it up and discovers she's her characters in the game. But she doesn't remember how she got there. She doesn't know where she is outside of the game. So they can't and she can't log out. So the guy surmises if we can. They, they, this is some weird stuff, but it's what it did. <laughs> um, it's like we programmed something in the game that was designed to make people not play the game too much, which is called the ending engage, where when you beat the game proper, it kicks you out. Like, whereas an MMORPG in typical days, like you'll play forever. Their game, they intended for you to get kicked out when you were done, like when you beat it. Yeah. So he decided, you know, if we can get you to the end of the game, we can trigger this thing and you'll escape. But of course, this game world is littered with bugs that didn't exist before. It's like a very virus-written game. So they're contending with the bugs while she's running through the game. They come across other people. This whole weird thing about the cult, a cult shows up. Um, there's like weird murders that are happening, huh. kidnappings. It is it gets crazy? And then the funny part is at the end, it pulls a. It sort of pulls an interesting tangent. Like on one hand, like a lot of people say this game is, has a fairly unique story, but I immediately was like, this has similarities to Digital Devil Saga. I immediately pulled that when I saw. It. I was like, oh, that's Digital Devil Saga right there. Yeah. Um. And in addition to that, there was also hints of, like, general, um, say, fourth wall stuff. Okay. Where it's like, huh, 
I've played I've played games that use this too, but at the same time, I always like when games do that. I like when games do the fourth wall. Like, wait a minute, you've been there the whole time, haven't you? And it's like, wait, he's talking to me, <laughs> like the actual me. Was it like a, was it like a reveal cool. like later on where it's like, oh no, it's all about. Yeah. they did that with um, and and it's kind of hidden, and it's kind of not, but in the game Inside, it's a lot mm-hmm. like that too, where already oh, reveal like you're outside the game entity plays a role in the game itself yeah it's during the true ending and even then it's up, to, up open to, to interpretation because there's no dialogue in that game and there's no text there's nothing it's just the it's just the visuals and the gameplay but that's a lot like that um i've and been like, i've been feeling um i've been playing this, this similar style where it takes place inside an mmo i've been playing a lot more cross code and oh, have you been enjoying it still? I gotta tell you, I finally got to the the first like proper dungeon in that game, like the, the mm-hmm. first like big long one, and it's I love it. I, I like that. I, what I've discovered is I'm I'm not really big on the combat in the game, and all of like the little side quests they want you to do because it's very repetitive, and the combat is kind of like it's just button mashing. It's kind of button mashing, a little repetitive, but the the puzzles in the dungeon are so much fun. And I have to say, the music, it reminds me of a mixture between Final Fantasy and Fantasy Star Online. Like, mm. every time I get... I, I'm honestly only playing right now to hear more music from the game and, like, where it fits, because it's that good. It's so good. It's kind of nice when a game's music is a drawing fa- a driving force or factor to progression. Really? It. Yeah, yeah. I haven't experienced that in a while, to be honest. But, like, I don't know how much further I'm going to play, because... I feel like I've like there's this really interesting story at the very beginning of the game, but I've just been killing like little hedgehog monsters for like four hours, you know, trying to collect enough wood pieces to give to the merchant. To like, there's this there's this whole overarching story that's lost in itself. In it's lost in itself too. Like it, it's making me feel like I'm in an MMO. <laughs> and Abergard is probably doing the job it probably, intended. Probably, yeah. But like, like you are at this point, world. if the story comes back around, I don't know if it's going to be as meaningful because I, I haven't been exposed to it. I mean, granted, I'm not sitting all doing all this in one one sitting because I don't I don't have that kind of patience. But um, but yeah, anyway, I, I'm probably going to keep back at it just because I want to explore more areas. Uh, the game is beautiful. Um, I love the I love how colorful it is, and it plays it plays pretty snappy. Like it's really uh it's, it's really really tight. So, um, I will say that's one good thing about Death and Request, though, in that regard. And in that, it um, it never the story is like almost always the driving force. That's in good. It. That's like, good. Because like, and even if you get to the point where you're like, you know, the MMO part might drag. I'm like, well, fine. I'm just going to run past the monsters. If I need to get experience, I'll pick it up later. Yeah. Like I got to the final oh, set of bosses, yeah, and yeah. every fight was giving me four levels because I literally did start just ditching battles when that's- I didn't feel like it. That's what I'm gonna do. The last two areas, I was like kind of grinding through it because I felt like I needed to be at a high enough level to beat whatever the next boss was gonna be, or I needed to explore everything. So, or there was like a collect quest to like to, to, to defeat every like type of animal in the area. And I think what I'm gonna do is what I did with Persona Three, which is just blo- definitely not five. Nope, or four. Uh, I'm just gonna blow <laughs> through the entire dungeon and fight bosses until I can't do it anymore, and then go back and grind because. I like the exploration. I like everything else. Like, if I can avoid fighting, I wonder if it'll scale. Maybe I'm not meant to. You know, that makes sense. I mean, it's a, I've, I've definitely have played games where that happens, yeah. where the enemies can be tougher, but you're never incapable of beating them. And then when you do beat something, it's like, oh, you just they just exploded with the XP. Yeah, so you're exactly. practically catching up anyway. You were so far behind. So here you go. 
Um, so, but now a game with terrible controls that I've been enjoying immensely is Fall Guys. Have you tried this yet? I have not. I I've accepted that I have this propensity for playing. I need to play games where I can progress in some fashion. Oh yeah, there's no progression. Like I I really only got into it because you know I was kind of bored, and I got um, some people on on Zoom. I got uh, Daryl and um, uh, Ed and Justin and and actually Mike Levy was there too. He was in the background. Oh, cool. He was at Justin's house. So. Oh, you can't play on more than one player on the same console. No, and that's lame. I mean, I mean, it should just be split screen or like at least four, because it's just a silly game. Uh, but it's fun that way because we were all like, like, like once someone like falls out, like we're all cheering each other on, you know. Or mm-hmm. when we're all in the game together, we're trying to like bump each other off the map. Um, mm-hmm. But like, yeah, like that. Past that, I don't think I'm going to really get into it because it's it's more fun with the people that you can actually interact with. That makes sense. If yeah. you're playing with the strangers, it doesn't quite register. But if you're playing with people you can actually shout and yell at, yeah, yeah, I that's was, fun. You were you were out that night, and I was really hoping to to get you because it would have been really <laughs> it would have been a lot more fun with you. Yeah, that's the night I actually went to the arcade. Actually, now oh, think about okay, it. okay, yeah, because these two were driving, and I was like, are you just driving around or? No, I, I had driven. When I saw the message, I was actually driving back home from the arcade because yeah. when you first sent it, I was already there doing my thing, so I didn't know. I wasn't looking at the phone for yeah. squat. I had the I had the heart rate monitor running, and I was stepping. You were going. Um, that was that was me on Saturday. I attempted a marathon on Saturday that was twenty minutes. Was it one of those marathons where like they? Like everybody kind of does it virtually, and it creates like a pseudo course. It's like if you ran this far, you ran the distance from here to there. No, it's just a it's just a hard house, like a hard style mix for twenty minutes. Oh, so the idea was just hear some music. Oh, wait, you're talking about DDR? Yeah. Talking about running? Oh no, 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 okay. no, no, I did that. So it was. Uh, I've been trying. My my goal this my goal this year is to finish uh, pass a fifteen. Um, I want to get to a. I can barely do fourteen. So I want to. So if I can get to a fifteen by the end of the year, I'll be happy. And this was my first fifteen. I got really close on. The now, pro- what is the max number that they have in this thing? I think the max that anyone's ever passed is 24. And Yeesh. people people are creating like 26s and 27s and 28s. Now, the, when, the scaling is weird because if you do a lower B, BPM, then the only way to really make it harder is to make it longer. So for this thing was only 150 BPM, so they had to make it like 20 minutes. But other 15s are only like four minutes long. But they're like they're like 180, 190 BPM, um, and I can't I can't step that fast. <laughs> I can't read that. <laughs> like I can read it, but I, my, I can't get my legs going. I'm 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 capping at like 170. So so I was I, I was starting to play it just to see how far I could get, and I was like, wait a minute, I'm actually going to do it. I'm actually going to do it. I am actually going to do it. And then I got to uh, minute 19. I was I could see the ending. I was like I was right at the end. And my leg got tired. No, my leg. I was fine. My legs locked up. And oh, yeah, my legs locked up, and I couldn't hit the down arrow correctly. And then I got in my own head, and I failed out. And I had never been so defeated by a video game, like I mean, ever. Yeah, in my make, life. but you were playing for twenty minutes of aggressive steps. I mean, oh that's my, kind of. I, I know, but like to be so close to the ending and then fail out, it's like it's not just. Okay, I can try it again. Like that's a lot of time. It's a lot of time gone. Um, yeah, that's like I'm not going to try this again. I got close enough to yeah. where I know I could have done it, so I'm not going to waste the time oh, to try it again. Nope, it's not done until I could do it. And I kind of want to do it before the end of the month because um, I can get experience points for it 
and before the end of the, in the end of the month, the uh, the game ends, the uh, the RPG ends, and then the, the oh, like for good. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's an annual thing. It's it's the qualifier for the tournament that I dragged you to last year. Oh no, I remember that. Yeah, that's and that tournament is all virtual this year. Um, it was going to be at a hotel, obviously not. So with um, that pop machine, which would out of utilized. Oh, it was going to be bigger this year. So, really? Yeah, it was going to be much bigger and a larger hotel with more setups, with a lot more like extra games going on. So ah it, nuts, COVID. I know, I know. But maybe next year, maybe next year. He's still planning on it if he can do it because they put a lot of money into it. Um, I hope so. But I'm hoping I to get do. back to it. I, I had, I'm taking a break because I, I need a mental break. I need, I need my legs hurt still. I need a, need a leg break. And that was Saturday. <laughs> so you still you're still feeling pain from Saturday. I'm, I'm still feeling like like a, a tightness in my uh, my hamstrings. So ah. I know it's tough. It's like it's like it is like marathon training. Like when I'm training, training, running, like everything is in pain all the time. Mm. Um, so, but I'm rolling my muscles now, and it's a lot better. Um, what else? I think that was. I think there's the only games I'm really playing. I was playing Tetris on my phone for a while. Um, that doesn't sound very easy. <laughs> it's not. Uh, they, they tried to, but there's all this competitive stuff. So if you download Tetris for iOS, there's um, it's called Tetris Prime Time, and like at 9 p.m. like every night or every Friday, you can actually play for cash. And and that's a <laughs> yeah. It's like it's it's they're trying to do like uh, remember that that Xbox thing where it was like a game show. Oh, I missed that. It's kind that of a, like that, that was a genius product. Where every time you turn the app on, the host is like just this loud Australian man just yells at you to play Tetris, and then I guess he hosts the whole thing. But it's it's kind of silly, but that, that's all right. And then um and then today I started finally started work on um, lobster racing when I should have been doing other stuff. But um, my goal for that is to finish like a track and field style game, like real simple, and then slowly build in um, networking. Um. Um, features where people can like spectate and bet on the matches. <laughs> I'm going to bet that it succeeds. I couldn't even come up with a good <laughs> joke for that. I'm going to bet on claw. I bet the claws. I bet on the claws. Uh, craw- crawfish boil. <laughs> God, see now I want a crawfish boil. Um, Dang I'm, it! I'm, I want that. You I'm want to make that this weekend? Just do that. You should do that. No one's stopping. No one's. I'm not going to. I'm not your dad. <laughs> and if I and my dad ain't gonna find out because he'll want some. Yeah, yeah, you gotta keep it from him. You can't take pictures on on Facebook. Better believe it. He can't have none of it. And for those who are like, that's cold blooded. But that's your dad. <laughs> that's Let me tell you something. My dad will go out and buy crabs or t bar instead of like t bone steaks. No, when he knows no one's coming over. That's specifically when he'll do it. And he'll <laughs> cook it all up. Keep in mind, my dad's also a chef, so these are some banging steaks or. Nice crumb uh, crabs, but usually it's the and steak. He'll keep he'll it to cook. himself. Keep it to himself. He'll eat at the table, potatoes. He'll smirk. We're, we're, presu- we're presuming that he smirks because <laughs> perfect crime. And he'll just eat them. And he'll smile like I'm so glad my boys ain't here. Mm, yes, but you got somebody. Then, you got somebody on the inside letting you know. Like yeah, but they'll tell you. He'll tell us later. He's like, oh, by the way, I had some, I had, I had some nice cheap <laughs> like, You didn't tell nobody. Okay, how it is. I see how it is. <laughs> or the worst is when it's like catfish because you know it's like my favorite. Food. Oh, you love like, catfish. Oh, yeah. right, catfish. One of my one of my earliest um, uh, Otakon memories was <laughs> was hanging out with you in like the on the live action video room, and we're all sitting there watching something, and you and all of a sudden like you bring out like this 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 plate of of um, catfish, and you're you're peeling back the um, the aluminum foil, and you're like I'm having lunch, <laughs> and everyone's like, what's that <laughs> smell in here? 
Like, where did you even get that from? <laughs> yeah, you just brought it in. That that was those that was when Oticon was very different. Very very. That's different. right. Like, That's when conventions as a whole were different. Very different. I'm not gonna say better because like I don't care like better or worse. They were just excuses for like you know people like me in their 20s to get drunk and watch anime. But like I, I don't even think it was better so much as it was better for us. And I say that because it's an age thing. Yeah. At that time, it it served its purpose. And then as you get older, and I'm not saying this as a well, I grew up. More like just time passes, and you've experienced this activity multiple times, but it just doesn't have the same impact on you. Like I was going to Anime Central for years. Yeah, I've gone up to like I think I even went last year. So you've seen and, you've uh, seen the evolution. Yeah, I've seen it for I've been going there since two thousand, and I went like last year. And I, but now I only really go, and my friends are time like you got to go, man. They're convincing me to go, but ultimately I'm like you know. I've kind of done it. Like I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Like, but I like being around my friends. But there was a period in time though where I got excited for Anime Central, and I would look forward to getting on the plane and going out there and doing all the stuff. And now I'm just like, eh, I have all the games at home. I can chat with you guys on Facebook. I don't watch anime. I think a lot of people our age are feeling that way. Now, when it comes to Magfest, it's a little different. That is true. Yeah. But Magfest, Magfest is there's a, is a music more, there's festival. more for me. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's, hey, not, even, not even just the music. Like I also feel like even if I'm there by myself at any point, I'll just go and play arcade machines that I can't play at home. Yeah, exactly. Play virtual on. <laughs> yep. Yeah. They have a marketplace. I can look at the marketplace for deals on stuff. There you go. Which, but there, since they're a video game con, their products cater more towards my interest than an anime cons dealers room with. But they have a board dead board game vendors there. And you know how I am about that. Oh, yeah. So, like, I will hit that up. I'll hit the video game vendors up. And I don't typically buy collectibles because I hate collector's prices. But uh, every once in a blue moon, I'll come across that product. I'm like, I wish I owned that. Oh, they have it. And it's affordable. I'll grab that. Get it done. Which reminds me, I need to sell this darn rock band for. I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going you to do, do it. I, you're, it's collecting dust, right? It's worth $500 in collecting dust. Oh, that's, yeah. a, that's a lot of dust. Yes, it is. And I, I keep telling myself, watch them sell it and then going to regret getting rid of it. But I haven't played it. I bought it and the day it came out, actually. And the whole reason I purchased it because I was like, I'm going to get the band back together. I miss hanging out with my friends. Maybe we can all get together and play rock band like we used to. And then it didn't happen because everybody was married with children. But none of them were Al Bundy. It was very disappointing. But uh, so as a result, like we could never quite coordinate the effort. So the game never came out of the box. It just yeah. sat there. It changed from the apartment to the house. And now it's just sitting in the corner looking at me like, don't you want to open me up? Like, <laughs> it's just staring at you being like, all your friends left you, Pernell. I'm just a reminder Bro. that everyone left you except for me. I'm here for you. <laughs> exactly. All you got to do is open me open up me and up. you'll have one member of your four-man band. <laughs> <laughs> like, thanks, game. Thanks. You suck. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> So I may like it. So honestly, I feel I got this feeling it's going to be one of those cases where it's like I'm eyeballing it as a yeah. thing I don't want to get rid of. But once it's, if I manage to actually get it out of here, I won't even care that. Let's do it. I, I mean, there's a Facebook group for rhythm games. There are buy and sell rhythm games, and things things everything from popping music machines to to pump it up machines to um, like PS2 home versions of DDR. Uh, all, well, but that is it's like eBay might just make sense. I just got to figure out how yeah. much of a cut they're going to take from oh, John, me. Go, I've uh, seen uh, it sell uh, for Go to pricecharting.com. That's where I sold all my Dreamcast stuff. Do they take a cut, though? A small cut, yeah. But like, if hmm. you can get a buyer, then it's worth it. 
for me, it was it was it was more important to to get it to somebody who was going to appreciate it. That's true. I figure someone's going to pay that much for this game. They're going yeah. to appreciate it. They're crazy. All right. Well, we should probably get the the topic on. We've been going about twenty minutes. Um, uh, why don't you describe what the topic is this week? Okay. So. For those who were, well, I'm not going to go into too much, but I mean, if you've been listening to the show avid, um, adamantly, you know where we're from. Um, and basically, while somehow it just barely missed Rob, like he got hit by some of the impact, but not enough to be like, oh crap, it's a storm. Yeah. I, like, I was actually in my basement playing DDR at the time and all the lights went out and they came back. But like ever, some other people got hit so hard with this. Yeah. This like, and, I, and I was, and I was one of them. Yeah. Like the tornado landed. We had a tornado last weekend. Well, I guess two weekends two from the time this episode right. comes out. And, uh, when it came down, like where our area is not known for having tornadoes. So it was a complete shock to everybody. And the fact that it actually hit my house, like it touched down in my neighborhood. It was brutal. It tore trees down. Uh, I almost had my house crushed by a tree, but it fell in the opposite direction of my house, which yeah. was convenient. So it actually smashed through a, like a shed and some fencing and some stuff, but it ultimately didn't damage anyone's actual home. So it damaged property, but no one's home. Uh, we had a lot of flooding. Uh, it was it was pandemonium over here, so, and so the, the likes of yeah. which that I mean, I'm sure like Midwest areas have had it far worse, but from an area that just never deals with it to a point where now we are. Hey, climate change is real. By the way, just to point that out. Yeah. So this, um, this episode is all about acts of god oh natural disasters <laughs> or just out the the dangers of the elements yeah any way you want to phrase it we're talking <laughs> smashy smashy nature waitery yeah i don't know well i gotta Mother tell nature's you, yeah. here and she is pissed <laughs> so my first pick is so on the nose pranel will start laughing this is from the game and watch gallery for the game boy advance and what? yes, and this is the game is called Rain Shower. <laughs> <laughs> I will admit before I go, like, this was surprisingly not an easy topic to choose from. Like, I swear, I, I swear I've played more games that involve like earthquakes and yeah. like lava chases than I could recall. Well, I'll tell you, like, tracks. I can think of like all of like these environmental like games, um, or, or like you know, there's the Captain Planet, there's um, even um, I found one, it was an awesome possum. Is all about oh, kick Doctor Machino's butt. Yeah, exactly. Even that's about like, um, um, but it's about people polluting. It's not about like the the weather changing. So, um, so I, I, this that's that's kind of where I'm going with all my stuff. So this is Rain Shower from Game and Watch Gallery Four for the Game Boy Advance, and this is composed by Rio uh, Kinusaga and Kengo Hagiwara. <laughs> So, yeah. Frank got married. Oh, oh okay. Mazel tov. 
Mazel Mini Tall. <laughs> that was Rain Shower from the Game & Watch Gallery 4 for the Game Boy Advance, composed by Ryo Kinusaga and Kengo Hagiwara. And uh, I'm... I had to look through some of these games mainly because Alex Messenger loves these, loves the loves these games, loves the music from these games, and there's some really good stuff, like really interesting melodies and rhythms. As this one especially, like it's on the Game and Watch Gallery, it's on the Game Boy Advance, but it sounds like Game Boy Color. So you're saying he loves the games themselves, or particularly the music from the game? I think it's both. I will say there's like something nice about like I haven't played a ton of them, and I really should. Mm. But I used to, when I was a kid, and I guess kind of now, I just got to figure out where I put them. I used to have uh, two Nintendo Game & Watch tabletop games. Oh. I had Snoopy, and I had Mario Cement Factory. Oh, that's a classic. Yeah. And they were both pretty much like Game & Watch games. To the level. Like, you know, they had the over the overlay where like, you could, if you looked at it just the right angle, you could see every <laughs> animation that the character can have, yeah, like every yeah. sprite style. So you push the button, it just kind of flash to the next one. The, um, the liquid crystal display would sort of like fill in all the little yes. sections. Yeah, I, I used to love that stuff because we didn't. I didn't have like game consoles for a long time, like when Nintendo came out. So I played like all the Tiger handheld electronics all the time, all that stuff. And I had one um, Nintendo game and watch that was. It was that one where you're like uh, people are jumping out of a building of a burning building and you got to catch them. Oh yeah, I play this like they're with the firemen with the two. They're both yeah. holding the the parachute drop. Yeah, and a lot of these the... games are like that. They're very simple, like score attack type things. And Rain Shower is like, um, um, I think in this in the in the game of Watch Gallery anyway, it's uh, Bowser and he's like dropping like bombs or something. And there's like Baby Yoshi and Baby Mario, and they're all hanging on these vines that are horizontal, and, mm-hmm. you're, and you have to like pull them and push them. So that they're out of the way of the rain, essentially. Oh, yeah, it's okay, kind of cool. Yeah, sense. it's it's really clever. But like they're all like they're all kind of like that. You have to catch this, or you have to avoid that, and you just do it as it gets faster and faster and faster. But um, but for a, a simple game, especially a simple games, um, all of the all of the music in Game of Watch Gallery is interesting. They have A and B sections to the song, like essentially like a verse and a chorus. It's very cool. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah. It is catchy. This is super catchy. I mean, it, that is really, really catchy. So, um, yeah. So that is rain shower for our episode about rain. <laughs> Natural disasters. Yeah. All right. What's, of- what's your first right. track then? Your active Purnell. That's right. <laughs> well, this first one I picked. Honestly, a lot of mine are all of mine are going to be from more modern games, but that's just like again, that's what I, that's what was coming to mind. I no, that's couldn't think good. of any more like older games that clicked for this. Yeah, well, that, that's where me. I like fall down. I don't know. I don't know all the new stuff. So or new worst new stuff meaning anything after two thousand and five. I don't know any of that. He's like, I'm serious, guys. <laughs> I need help. <laughs> My first track comes from the game Just Cause Four. This is Combat Theme 8, and it's composed by Zach Abramson. Abramson. Abrahamson. <laughs>
Welcome back. You're listening to Combat Theme 8 from the game Just Cause 4, composed by Zach Abramson. It's interesting how, like, when games like this, I usually don't care all that much for their OSTs, but for the theme of the episode and what I'll talk about in a second, I was like, well, I have to pick a track from this game, assuming I can find a track that sounds good. And... Again, usually with these games, when I play them, the music is just kind of like a background piece. That's how it's designed to be used. It's just kind of there to have noise while you're out doing your daring do. Yeah, it's never really memorable. Yeah, it builds like emotion and builds some suspense, but there's no like hooky kind of melody or something that's like like in an NES title. You know that that's that's getting your interest. Exactly, and yet for some reason, with all the combat tracks in this game, this specific one did kind of resonate with me when it would pick up the tempo. Like I kind of like the sound of that. And like this is the one I can actually go with and feel comfortable picking for the show. Um, but of course, now comes the question of like, why the heck would you pick a track from a game called Just Cause Four? What's so special about that? Well, uh, I've never played it. Fun fact: I played Just Cause Three, but. I went the last time I went to E3. I actually went to a press screening for when this game was first getting announced. So at the time, I was like, oh, it's just another Just Cause game, but I got to write an article on it. So whatever, I'll go and sit in on this thing. I walk in, I sit down. The guy comes out and he's doing his thing. He's controlling Rico Rodriguez. And uh, he gets to the hook of the game, which is you know, the thing that makes this a sequel versus just another shoot, running gun shooter or whatever, or open world adventure shooter. Okay. And that is Natural Disaster. Oh. So in this game, the thing that he primarily showed off was a couple of areas of the game where he'd be in like the middle of a combat skirmish, he's trying to liberate a base or something, and then out of nowhere, a tornado will just rip across the field and just cut into the base. What? And like, it's not just like a visual trick; like, it is literally ripping up the landscape. And if you're in it, it will kill you. Like, it'll take you up, and you'll get smashed around with stuff that could kill you. Like, the tornadoes were designed to be literal forces of nature that could destroy the landscape. Yeah. Now, of course, the downside to this, which I acknowledged even during the thing, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's what he's gonna, what's gonna, I'm gonna be able to ask him, he's gonna confirm, because they don't wanna tell you this junk, but the damage isn't persistent. So if a tornado rips up a base, and you leave that environment and come back in like 20 minutes, the base is built again. <laughs> like it's not gonna be forever yeah. destroyed by a natural disaster. But yeah, even so- so the, um, right. uh, uh, the the studio that developed the game Avalanche, they mm-hmm. um, or Avalanche, or however you say it, they they had their they built their own game engine for this game called the Apex Game Engine, and when Ooh. with Just Cause Four they had updated it with all of these new features to allow these crazy diverse and extreme weather effects that would like destroy um, things and, and get in the way of the player. So like that's what they were really showing off. So yeah, that's absolutely it. And they succeeded at yeah. it too, because like it was based, if I remember correctly, the game mm. was broken up into different biomes, and each mm. biome had a different natural disaster style that you had to contend with, like sandstorms or tornadoes or flooding. Wow. Um, so, and the one I was experienced exposed to was the tornadoes specifically, and I still believe that to this day. And if someone wants to say otherwise, let me know, because I would love to try it. But I believe this is probably the best use of like tornado environmental effects to have ever seen in a video game like it it's beautiful i don't know and that tornadoes are destructive monstrosities of nature in a game context it was beautiful well i don't know Pernell. i mean i think the best example of this kind of natural phenomena in a video game happened way way long ago it's not sim city it's sim city oh god 
classic, <laughs> classic SimCity for Windows. And I believe we're, we're going to listen to the theme song. But I believe that this is the theme song recorded on um, recorded on a Windows on a PC with the OPL nine, I think OPL three. Someone will correct me. The OPL something um, sound card. And I, I chose that because I love the way this one sounds. I think the composer is Chris Tilton. I'm not positive because there was there's so many different versions of this game on different consoles and ports and such. And who's to say he's really tilting? He might just be standing up sideways. I I, I, he, or he's tilted. He's just he's just real angry. He's really upset. <laughs> um, but, no, this, but this is the theme song. This is the music you hear when when you when you load up the game and you terraform and start your first city before destroying it with earthquakes and floods and all sorts of fun stuff. So uh, this is the theme from Sim City Classic for Windows. Forget to tip your waitress. We are Robin Purnell and the Sexy Jazz Quartet. <laughs> Six feet apart in a club. Yeah, the socially distant quartet. <laughs> we just brought to you the theme from Sim City Classic for Windows. <laughs> like, how long can you keep this voice up? I can keep it up all day. Did you know when you start a new? A new city in SimCity, it just calls it Hearsville. Wait, what? And when I start a new city in SimCity, I call it Theirsville, because I'm a clever guy. <laughs> I always come up with like, just yeah. random dopey things like, I don't know, like like Bagelberg or Pizzaland mm. or Hot Chicken Soup's Copia. I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, I, I do love like classic SimCity. I never got into the newer ones. 
Um, I, and I honestly, I just keep going back to the original because it's it's on the Internet Archive, like in the DOS, the DOS video game uh, library that you can play on through just through the web browser. And it's all emulated. You just turn it on. You do have to look up the uh, copyright protection because you have to like look up certain codes, and it says like, "What's the population of this city?" And you have to go look it up um, because it's the population of that city in like 1990, whatever, or in 80. It's the 80s, isn't it? it Possibly. Like, Possibly. Anyway, it's maybe. Good. I like. I do like this version of the theme song. It sounds different through the sound blaster. It sounds different through all of these different sound cards because of the uh, because it was general MIDI. It was just using the whatever standard instruments were built into the sound card. And I love how it's kind of cheesy, but every once in a while that 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 fake synthetic trumpet sounds like really cool. You know, it's just like oh, it's kind of off key. Then it does a, like a, like a quick little like lick. I'm like whoa, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but no, SimCity is all about the disasters. I mean, I, I I have been playing it recently, and and I do enjoy build. Like I enjoy putting a, a a nice clean city together that's generating income, and I have a little a little fire department and a little a little nuclear plant, and then all of a sudden, like the whole screen shakes, and there's like a tornado that's just ripping through my town, and it's just so funny to me that like as like a tornado is is, is literally like destroying homes like in, a, in an arc through the whole city i'm just like putting parks like on the other side of town <laughs> i'm like, like maybe i'll nice put a nice zen yeah maybe i'll put a I'll put i'll put a football stadium right here and there's like homes just getting wiped out i'm like i'll get back to that it's fine i'm only it's just one i'm one man you know i can't i can't handle everything i'm just one guy but you're the mayor i'm more than the mayor I am also um, I am also the Department of of City Works and Functions. I'm the, <laughs> I'm, the, I'm their president. I'm, I'm their they, they look up to me. They look up to me. Not after that tornado's done with me. No, they all moved out. <laughs> For me, the biggest natural <laughs> disaster in that darn game was always just traffic. Traffic was. I awful. guess it wasn't yeah. truly natural. It was, a, it was not natural because obviously traffic comes from roads and people. But may as well have been natural because screw it, I never got it right. I. That was always the thing that ruined a SimCity play for me, was traffic. Because I just loved making cool, wacky highways. So I yeah, like, built these like road zones that just were exactly. meant to be there as roads. It's like, yeah, this looks it's a cool it's a cool road design. And, and, and like you know, the game will be like, oh, people are upset with traffic and there's like, you know, crime in the streets, and you're like, oh, come on. <laughs> I'm not gonna put a police department there. It costs too much money. I'll put more roads <laughs> down. <laughs> <laughs> just more roads more traffic give them more options to get where they need to go I don't even know where they're going more industrial zones what are they building yeah. over here heck if I know but I, we, I don't we're care. building it because you know why I don't live there <laughs> I live somewhere else <laughs> oh my god so that, there's there's your NIMBY for you yeah that's my the problem. mayor's contrast to tell because he lives out in the hot hot suburbs yeah I live, not even that like I made my I, like it's always like a little like a little, a little house that I keep for myself out in the woods Wait, you actually built a vista for yourself in your SimCity games? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I have like the main town, and I separate it like with a long road to where like the the power plant is, and behind that's the industrial area. So there's a big space between the residential and the industrial area. You don't have to do this to the game. It's just I like to do it. And then like I would build a long ass road way out of town into the woods. Like sometimes even like over over like the water onto an island, and then I'll put one residence there, and that's me. 
bush over the river and through the woods to Rob's house we go. That's where this I live. This is where you go to complain about the traffic problems. No, they'll never so. make it. It's guarded. It's as a moat. <laughs> is it guarded by Godzilla, which you can also put in the game? And there's no roads that go there. I, I stopped the road. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's, it's, maybe it's just a stupid little... Um, I, like, I like to make a story out of what I'm doing, I guess. That's what it is. Uh, but anyway. honestly, I can appreciate that. I mean, that's part of the fun. Yeah, like you make your own story. You know, you make your own. You gotta make your own fun with these games. And I like that. Use your imagination. Um, what's your next track? The next track is from a game. Well, the game's been featured on the show, but I'm genuinely surprised I've never put this track in the game. Like literally surprised. And if I did, well, how it didn't come up on the search again is beyond me. Oh, you never put the track in the, in the show. I've never played yeah. it on the show. This comes from the game Yoshi's Woolly World, and the track is titled Lava Scarves and Red Hot Blargs. It's composed by Kazumi Totaka. Ooh, I love the music. You've played, you've played some music from this game, haven't you? And it's, it's good. I've played, like, I've played at least one track yeah. from the game that I love. Like, it's a feel-good track. This one's not a feel-good oh, track, no? but it's really good. Okay. It's still great. down a bit. You're listening to Lava Scarves and Red Hot Blarge from the game Yoshi's Woolly World for the Nintendo Wii. And it was composed by Kazumi Totaka. No, it was not. This was composed by Black Sabbath. Oh, yeah, I'd be scared for a second. I was like, wait a minute, no, did no, I get it wrong? No, this, this, sound, this sounds like Sabbath or, or, yeah, something. No, definitely Sabbath. It's just so heavy. This is awesome. And it's the only stage, only one stage of the game where this track plays, and it's the only track in the game that sounds like that it has this tempo level to it. Everything else is pretty relaxed wow. and mellow, even like the ghost house theme. <laughs> but like, I was trying to think of a game that wasn't Sonic the Hedgehog, where a volcano erupts and you're running from the lava. 
And surprisingly, I cannot think of what it would be. Like, I can't, I couldn't recall any. But I, of course, could recall games where you're playing in, like, fiery environments where, like, you're in the volcano. So, like, basically you're dealing with the effects of lava flows. Like, you know, fire rising up from the ground. You know, you know spouts. Or in the case of this game, fire monsters. Which, thank heavens, they don't exist. Because, holy crap, that would be a terrifying thing to experience. Like, a lava monster just breaks from the ground. Like, the magma's angry! <laughs> um, but, so I was like, this will be a good, this is a good example to use for... Like, you know, like fire, like the element of fire going yeah. out of control in the, the world. The one thing that came up, and I didn't even think about this until the other mm-hmm. day, because I was playing Death in Request, mm-hmm. is uh, you play a lot of games where you're, like, in volcanoes or in, like, magma caves and stuff like that. And though they address you taking damage or getting killed by, like, lava yeah. or fireballs, they never address the straight-up heat that would be in a yeah. volcano. <laughs> Um, one game that did that was uh, Tales of Eternia, where you had to use like a, a, a water shield that protected you for like 20 minutes of real time to get in and out. Oh, I think but they do the that most- in um, uh, um, uh, Breath of the Wild. You need like protection from like, like yeah, this like magma that's in the area. Because yeah, it, just being near that stuff would, would absolutely kill you. And that was something I was surprised about. The Death End request, one of the endings, because that game has a lot of like bad endings you can get. That's the premise behind the game, mm-hmm. is that you can die a lot by doing unfortunate things. And then one premise, you go into a volcano that's really hot, and you're trying to explore, but then there's a moment where you set down an item to draw a boss out. And when you set the item down, the boss comes out, the characters will say, okay, we should go, now we gotta fight it, but we should make sure we're completely prepared you know, so as to not, you know, fail. We only get one shot at this. So, if you try to go back to the save point, instead of just going and fighting the boss, like, you know, checking your menu and going to fight them, you die. Like, mm. if you go back to the save point, you die. And what happens is you get trapped in the volcano as the heat levels get to be too much and your party, like, dies from heat and melting. Like, literal melting. And it's, again, it's by the guy who did Corpse Party... So they make it very disturbing. And I was like, ugh, I don't want this ending. This ending's horrible. <laughs> like, the bad endings make you feel terrible. You're like, I no, I gotta make it right. I gotta mm. make it right. Um, and that was something that shocked me. I was like, oh my god. That's a horrible way to go. My characters are getting out of this volcano. <laughs> <laughs> We're not dying this way. This is terrible. Oh, but, um, but yeah, like it fires a true disaster in a way that yeah. I feel like very few of the disasters that we do get are as terrible as as lava it, and de- magma would be. Destructive, yeah. As Shit. woof. Um, now um, you talked about having a water shield. So um, this game is all about water for now. And actually, I really enjoyed this when it was on the Dreamcast. Is it Simboat? No, it is Wet Tricks. Ever play Wet Tricks? I did. It is a cool puzzle game. So this is. It's, it's kind of not really Tetris, but it's definitely a puzzle game where you have to drop on a 3D map, um, either impossible like too. mountains that to raise the the, the land level in like you know oh, specific. Well, get the, let's play the track. We yeah. can talk about the game when it comes back. Anyway, it's in specific shapes, or you drop water, and you're trying to contain water. So this music is all about trying to contain water from overflowing all over the map. And um, the music, I believe it's a little different between 
the N64, and the Dreamcast. And as much as I've played the Dreamcast and really enjoyed it, the N64 music is crazy good. I'm really into it. It's really? it's very much of the era kind of electronic music. So this is the high score music from Wet Tricks for the N64 composed by Sudi Raval. the high score music from the game Wet Tricks for the N64, composed by Sudi Raval. And uh, Sudi writes to us and he says, my first time playing Wet Tricks was with my family in uh, 1943. (laughs) Wow. He wrote a testimonial for us. Um, And he got the idea uh, for Wet Tricks um, when he was dumping water into a garden. No, I don't know. It's a... (laughs) I mean, Wetrix, I mean, it's an interesting idea. I am wondering, it's difficult. It's extremely difficult, and it's such a weird concept for a game at a time when, like, 3D games were just becoming a thing, um, just becoming in the mainstream. I feel like that was one of the downsides to it, though, too. Like, Wetrix, the premise was awesome. So, like you were describing before, the idea is that you start with a flat landscape, and the pieces that you play with are... Uh, like it's like like they're shapes like L blocks and stuff like that, yeah. but they're arrows. So it'd be like up arrows and down arrows, shaped yeah. like an L or a cross. But when they hit the ground, depending on the direction of the arrows, that determines whether the elevation raises or lowers yep. in that shape. Yep. And so then, you're trying. Yeah, you're trying right. to contain water because sometimes those pieces that are coming down aren't arrows; they're water. And so mm-hmm. you're creating lakes. And if it runs off the side of the map, then the game is over. Or um, overflows everything, but and you get bonuses for having multiple lakes in the uh, in the game in the playfield. But in the playfield, it's only so big, so you're but, trying to manage like raising and lowering the, essentially the sea level. <laughs> yeah, because that's where it gets weird though. Because like there's two ways you can lose in this game. Well, actually, it's probably more than that. But so if you, you might be thinking to yourself, okay, we'll just raise the walls extremely high and then just trap the water and then what? So the problem is you can't raise the terrain but so high because if you get the walls too high, it results in earthquakes. And when you get earthquakes, oh, it damages the those. landscape, yeah, yeah. putting holes in the map, causing water to leak out. Because the main way to lose the game is for your flat planet. Ha, flat earthers won in this game. Um, <laughs> the, the, flat, the flat plane, if it leaks too much water, you lose because, like, Basically, I don't know what you're flooding per se, but you just lost too much water. Um, so when the earth opens up, of course, water's going to spill out and you lose. So you want to keep the ground at a certain elevation. You want to balance the elevation. But then at that point, you worry about having too much water in those lakes. So you get occasional fireballs that would fall from the sky, literally. And when they hit the water, they evaporate. And that's how you get points. Um, 
But then the thing that bugged me the most about this game was that due to the the early nature of 3D, sometimes you'd be putting the arrow tiles up and then you put the water in and yeah. you'd have a leak that you can't find. Like you'll just be seeing the water meter goes like, where is it coming from? And yeah. then you try to put like an L block and like to fill this little tiny hole, which just results in like a bigger problem because then you have like a half a lake <laughs> coupled with a small zone. It was a brutal, yeah, brutal game. You can't, it's, it's like you can't really like turn the thing around and like see what's going on with it, you know? Um, it was, it's like you have pretty much a static view of, of, of the map. And oh, no, you, no, you can turn it. It's you? just, you can turn it. It's just the 3D was just so primitive that even with the ability to turn the map, you just sometimes couldn't find the leak. <laughs> You're just like scrambling. Like the walls are up, but it's like this one niche in the corner of the yeah. square that you didn't fill in. So I was like, ugh, this is frustrating. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, the game was still fun. Just good luck getting high scores. If you want to talk about people who are like, anybody listening to this show that's like, I do Let's Plays or I do Twitch, play this crap. Play this game and play it well. I'll tune in for that. Yeah, there's there's, there's there's not a lot of playthroughs of wet tricks on YouTube. I would like to see someone like really like figure this game out and like just just wreck it. That's right. Mm. All right, what's Make- your last track, Pernell? All right, so this track was an odd choice of mine, but I felt like I was hoping I could find music from this game. Thankfully, the track was decent in that it's good, but it's not a usual Pernell jam. Mm. But it's from a game that I felt I wanted to represent on this themed episode. And this game is called Disaster Report 4. This is the main menu theme from Disaster Report 4. So I would assume this is like the title screen because I haven't played it in a little bit. So I don't remember where it played at in the game. Um, but it's composed by My Lida. Hmm. Or My Lida.
welcome back to Rhythm and Pixels. A track that I played was from Disaster Report 4. That track was the main menu theme composed by my lighter, and it was hot! <laughs> Very hot. Uh, I actually like this track a lot. It, it, apparently it's from the main menu, but honestly, I don't... I'm thinking it was from the title screen because I played this game and I own it, but I genuinely can't remember where this would have been played at otherwise because the game is primarily silent, you know, typical environmental sounds except for, like, during tense situations mm -hmm. where, you know, they want to get ramped attention up. Oh, that track we played earlier, we were talking about, we were talking about, like, games that have, like, have music for tension and such. Um... But I wanted to pick this track because even though the game itself isn't all that spectacular, it's, I mean, you gotta be able to appreciate uh, games that may be not particularly high on the tech scale. Mm. Like, it's just more like, this is something that someone wanted to create. It's got some flaws. Can you deal with those or not? But if you can, I think it's a pretty cool concept for a game. Like, in fact, just to cover the do, this game was originally being designed from as far back, if I'm not mistaken, on like the PS2, and it got all the way up to the freaking Switch before they finally finished it. Oh, this game really? has been in the works for a long time. Oh, I see. Okay, mm -hmm. I thought like the you said the first game was on the PS2, but now they yeah, it was just oh. so was practically so was this one. Just it took them this long to release it. Like oh. it, it went into like developer limbo for like a decade. Is it is it um, such a large game? Is such a big? What's it about? Yeah, it's a simple premise, really. It's uh, you are just a normal citizen in Japan who, while out and about one day, experienced a natural disaster, most particularly an earthquake. But it's a really, really bad earthquake. Like, it shuts everything down. And the game is you just making progress across this landscape. Like, the people you come across, the situations you encounter, as Japan is dealing with natural disaster mm. so like for example just like one general scenario where like you might be walking down the street and aftershock will happen and the building in front of you will literally collapse like an entirely a giant skyscraper will just collapse oh, and if yeah. you're too close you'll die it'll crush you but if you're not too close you will still lose your balance and fall unless you press like a certain button to keep yourself balanced because again an entire building just fell nearby it's going to be hard to stand the heck up um but it's just this interaction, like you might say, for there's like a sequence in the game where you're talking to some survivors, and then an aftershock occurs, which causes a gas truck to kind of start like leaking gas, which is precariously near fire. And the fire ignites some of the gas and starts to move along. And you're like, we gotta get out of here before this truck explodes. So you're like, you're trying to like push something out of the way so you can like run away before it collapses, before it explodes. And it's like, but it's not portrayed like an action movie. It's portrayed like. What if you were actually in a natural disaster? Mm. You're like, we gotta get out of here. And people like, one girl's like crying or whatever. Wow, it's, so it's more like a, it's more like a, like a role playing type thing. Like it puts you in that situation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yet there's some, there's some dumb elements though to it too. Like clearly moments where they didn't play test it. Like there was a sequence <laughs> in the game early on where uh, you're in a department store and like there's a, there's a, there's like clothing you can buy, and pay money for the clothes and switch into them. But what happens is you save, like, the owner of the store. Mm -hmm. Like, you go through a series of steps, and eventually you find the owner of the store stuck in the, um, in the storage room. She's stuck under some boxes that collapsed during the earthquake. 
So you help her out and blah, blah, blah. She's like, thank you for your help. As appreciation, you know, you're welcome to anything in the store. So I went and got an outfit and put it on my character. I was like, all right, cool. I got some new clothes. Okay. Then I start to walk out. The gay goes into a cutscene where she accuses me of stealing the clothes. <laughs> and she takes them back. I was like, what the heck? I just saved your life. But then when you go back in and talk to her, she's like, thanks again for all your help. Like, <laughs> like you, you smarmy jerk. Oh, that's my funny. pants. Oh, that's funny. You think you're doing the right thing. <laughs> and then she takes me out for shoplifting. You gotta be kidding. Me. Oh, man. That's like, um, that's like when I, I used to play um, a Zelda on the Game Boy. What was that one? That was a... Uh, Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening. And I discovered that I could steal from the shop. But don't go back. But I was just playing around. I was like, I wonder if I could just pick this up and walk out. And I actually got out of the shop. And then, yeah, then the game was over. And that, and I'm so glad I didn't save it. <laughs> yeah, because I think that's, that's one, of the, one of the best examples I've come across in a random game where, like, they how they react to stealing. Like, yeah. if you steal in that game, everyone refers to you as thief for the rest of the yep, game. Like, every the game. character. Yep. And if you go back to the shop, the shopkeeper kills you. Yes, the shop people will just destroy it. That happens in um, Enter the Gungeon if you steal from the shop, and there's there's ways to do you it. You can steal in that game? Yeah, because there's like grappling hooks and stuff like that. So if you attack the shopkeeper, he locks the doors and just like wrecks you. Like just the whole room becomes like a wall of bullets. Whoa. Um, and then if you steal from the shop, he does that again, and if you escape, then he's just gone for the rest of the game, and you just have to play without the shopkeeper. But, but you can actually escape the room after yeah. you steal. Is it because you can do it like right from the door if you have like uh, the right items to do it? Ah. Yes, and there's there's like there's achievements and there's things you can only do from stealing. And um, I didn't I never really got that far into it because it's too useful to have a shop in that game to do anything. Um, so it's just like, what can you do that you can only do by stealing from them though? The, 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 like like but I don't know maybe there's certain like items that are worth more than others that there's impossible ways to get it. So. Hmm. Um, like, and I think it's only probably only in the in the in the newer versions of the game that you haven't seen where like items are like over like nine thousand dollars that you'll never have. So, well, yeah, so they're just, almost designed to be stolen. Yeah, essentially, it's designed just to grab them. Um, so yeah, you just do that, and then you just walk right out of it. But you know what's the? I think I think one thing that is not a disaster is that every week we we turn our music down and we do the bonus round. Bonus round. That segment. Where we play them covered remix themes. You might wanna hear maybe see in the rhythm of Bonus Ram <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I was gonna say my uh my segue was a disaster, but that, <laughs> that was amazing. Oh my god! It gets better every week. <laughs> like I, I it gets funny because like I always think to do it right when we're about this. Like I should say something. How am I going to say it this time? I got it. <laughs> <laughs> that was like that was like a TGIF theme song above a. <laughs> Show you how it's done. This the bonus round. Mm. Boy, I want to use that again later too. <laughs> you should. I love it. Um, the bonus round is where we play covers and remixes on our theme. And Pranel, we haven't heard from this game in a while. This is from the game. Rystar. Oh, but there's a track you haven't played yet. No, well, I mean, no. This is a remix of oh, of the level Splashdown, in which um, oh, nice. the the whole level is just flooding, and so a lot of it's underwater, a lot of it's above water, and it's some of my favorite music in the game. And it was um, reinterpreted by Tony Lay's. 
Like the chip company guy? No, like the Sonic remake guy. Oh, he's yeah, cool. He's very good. So this is Splashdown, double exclamation point, the remake by Tony Lays. listening to the Splashdown remake that was by Tony Lays from the game Rystar, the shooting star for the Sega Genesis and it is a completely just it is completely remade with new instruments it's a little faster um, the, the rhythm section's got lots more like syncopation to it it's really really clever but like the music is the same like this is like the music from Rystar is that good that it stands up to just completely being remade from the ground up. It's so cool. Um, I, I, I love like this song. the energy that this had compared yeah. to the original. Yeah, it does. It has more energy to it. Like there's more. There's more of like a like a punchy kind of like fun bass to it that, that makes you want to dance. Um, again, yeah, that that rhythm is just much more. I don't know. It's just jumpy. It's poppy. 
It's fun. Where we do do boop boop do boop. It, it makes me want a Rystar remake so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. I mean, it's just I don't know. Maybe I just want to play the game again because it's just it's just so it's so colorful. It's so fun and bright, and I just love the characters. It's not a fast game, you know. It's not Sonic, but it's just it feels like it. You know, it feels like of that world. It's so good. And of itself is like I don't know, like Rystar just has always had an OST. That stuck out well to me. And as far as, as long as you can deal with the pacing, because as we all know, Rystar is slow unless you're in the trees or unless you're swinging from stuff. Yeah. But as long as you can deal with that, I think this game is worth as just as many playthroughs as people will give a Sonic game. I think so too. I, I, I think it's a really interesting game that flew under a lot of people's radar. Um, and it's just, it's so, and it sounds amazing. The music is just f- phenomenal. Um, but mm-hmm. the gameplay is cool too. It's just, it's a really cool, cool game for the Genesis. Um, and it is by the Sonic team, so you know the, the 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 polish is all there. The polish of the time. And I do like to give you guff over like how much you played the how much you played it over the course of the show. But all do honesty, like thinking back, I can remember like mentally recall a number of the tracks from this game because they they resonated with me that much, which says a lot. Considering I actually never owned Rystar, I only oh. ever played it through Sega Channel. Yeah, that's right. And, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, but I know so much of the music by heart. Yeah, it's just memorable. It's just really catchy, and it's really well done. And it sounds great on the Genesis hardware. I love the way it sounds. I love the way that, that console sounded. Um, what was your favorite track from the game? Can you recall? Oh, it's this one, Splashdown. Oh, Splashdown. Yeah, Ooh. it's this one and the um uh, the second stage. Oh, no, the um the ice one. Oh, I can dig oh, yeah, that. But yeah, they're both re- they're just really good. And then the fire one, I, I can't... It's hard to pick. The, the magma, is it called like magma flare or whatever it's called, magma burst. It's really good. I could have picked that one, but no, I wanted, I wanted splash down. My favorite one is the, it's called, the one I like is called busy flare. Yeah, busy flare. That's the one. That's, that's so the fire good. stage. That's really good. All right, what's your bonus round pick? I actually didn't do remakes or cover this time, but it was a vocal track. And when I ended up coming across, like, you know what? I don't want to use this for a normal track because I always feel weird about using vocal tracks for my normal picks in yeah, the show. Yeah, I'm with you. But I also wanted to have this on the show itself. So this is one of those episodes where Purnell didn't do remix or cover. Oh, no! But I did etc. So this comes from the game The Flame and the Flood and oh. is titled River and Dale. And it's composed and sung by Chuck Regan or Reagan. by the sun humble by he'll sleep his mercy though I've a wish till I'm begging color me grateful for the horizon of day the breath that I've won and the courage it takes to find closure in the wake of disaster oh to find savior in the way of the water Steady Steady as a stone For low and ever-present Through the shadows Beyond the gunwale 
the safety aboard A vessel propelled by my own will Drifting away from the danger Under the willows tween The sheen of the dew Some laugh at the wind Oh, some cry to their makers Listen to them for an answer Dragging the river Always in a for wager harmonica um that's the closest to a harmonica that, that was a, harmonic, that, that was a harmonica sound that was the intent I'm it's like it's like it's like you're right there playing playing uh harmonica with me in my harmonica that's, band yeah that's right i'm making that work happen <laughs> putting in that work uh this was river and dale from the game the flame and the flood composed by chuck reagan and also sung by him as well this track is a wonderful tune. The entire OST to this game mm. is just bliss. Um, and I'm glad that by choosing this track, I've officially hit all... Well, I'm sure there's more types than I can think of right now, but I've hit all four major natural disasters that came to mind for me. Mm. Basically, wind, tornadoes, lava flows from volcanoes, i.e. fire, uh, earthquakes for earth, and floods for water. I ran the full gamut. Yeah, this is. Is there a, a natural disaster that comes to mind that you're like, wait a minute, you didn't think about that one for now? <laughs> Locust infestation, sucker. Uh, th- this game might have that. This is a survival game where you have to like scavenge and you have to like really fight to 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 stay alive in this game. And it's difficult. I've never gotten to the end of the river <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah, this is pretty impressive, and the, and the whole soundtrack is really impressive too. the The artist has a has a you know as a career, of course, outside of music. 
but the entire album was composed for this game. So that's really, really cool stuff. Um, so for more information on the bonus round, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We're going to have links to on the band camps and SoundClouds and everywhere where you can download the music and support these amazing artists. Awesome possum. Okay, check the machine knows, but it's called uh-huh. saving, saving the world. <laughs> That's what it's called. Yes, yeah, standing theme. All right, thanks for joining us on episode 24-4 of Rhythm and Pixels. This is our music for the uh, the destruction of the elements. And how destructive. <laughs> the forces of nature don't mess around. Yeah. When they want something, they come and take it. Well, I think we got some good music for this episode. So the next time there's a terrible storm outside and you lose power, make sure you save just enough on your phone to listen to our show. And also be holy cow, be aware of the fact that something's happening and don't be goofy about it. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah or maybe, maybe call your family and make sure everyone's okay. But at the same time, I mean, Purnell's voice can make you feel safe and at home. That is true. Yeah. I'll, if you want, I'll even, record, I'll even record a loop of myself saying, keep your butt in the house. Don't go outside. It's a freaking tornado, crazy man <laughs> or lady. Stay home. Stay home. Is your APC charged? It should be. Stay home. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can put that on a loop, and that'll be available to us uh, to you on Patreon. So, for just a small donation of eighty five dollars, <laughs> <laughs> don't all light up now. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, anyway, uh, that, that's this is this has been a good show. We got a lot of great music in today. Um, uh, next week, Purnell, I am not going to be around, so we're going to have to record. A week later. Is that cool with you? A week later? Like on a Monday. Oh, I was like, I, I thought you were like, how are we going to record a week later? You can't kick an episode back yeah. in time. So either but, either our next episode is going to be um, awesome or it's going to be a mixtape, which I don't know if you like those or not, but you might like We'll make do. I mean, we already have an idea for the topic, so it's yeah. really a matter of like if you were able to like... If you'll be able to record it and then do the edit in time, but I think I, I mean, will. I, can- I think I will. I'll be I'll be back in time. I'll be back in time. Back in time and. <laughs> I'm glad about the only one. Um, but yeah, so if you would like to get in contact with us, if you have a topic suggestion, if you have uh, a track suggestion, or if you just want to say hello, please send us an email. That's the best way to do it. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And for more information about our show, a full track listing from all of our episode and access to all of our episodes and all the other stuff that we're doing, check out the website. Rhythmandpixels.com. And if you want to check us out on social media like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, it's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. Most of the uh, uh, discussion happens on um, our Facebook group, Rhythm and Pixels Chat. You can find us there. Um, on Instagram, it's really just kind of like a gallery of all of the silly artwork that we do for every episode. So that, that's really nice to have them all laid out in front of me, all, all, all of the work that I've done there. Um, and uh, on the website, too, there's a link for uh, our Discord server. And there's usually some discussion happening there, too. So from the website, click that and you can go there. Over on YouTube.com slash Rhythm and Pixels, we have a 24-7 radio stream playing nothing but 8-bit and 16-bit classics and deep cuts and just can't stop, won't stop. That little server is running in my closet, and we will just keep playing music for you <laughs> until, until it dies. Won't stop. Um, 
or if there's a terrible disaster and it cuts out, which it did, so, uh, but it's back. It's back online. Everything's good. And um, yeah, and if you'd like to support the show, the one of the best things you could do is just tell people about it, tell people what you're listening to, what you're into, and that's video game music. And there's a lot of other great podcasts out there that you can tell them about. Um, there is a new episode of, um, of Forever Sound Version from Michael Bridgewater, so I'm really excited about that. He's got the dyad with him on that episode, so that's really cool. Uh, so definitely check that out and check out... I'm glad he's back. Yeah, I'm glad he's back too. Check that out. Check out KVGM, The Last Wave. Check out uh, XVGM, The Last Something with Mike Levy and Justin Bieber. It's amazing they, they've got Bieber on that show. But, I mean, he's into game music. He's inspired by something. Um, and that's game I, music. I think it's game music. Yeah, obviously. I mean, if you, his last song was clearly just a rip from Sonic 2, um, Ice Cap Sound. <laughs> I mean... Well, I, honestly, I wish that was true because that would be awesome. I don't know how he gets away with it. But yeah, there's a lot of other great shows By not being true. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of other great shows out there. Please explore them. But if you'd like to support this show, you can go to patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels. And there you get access to a prequel episode every week and a live streamed episode where we record the episode in front of you as a live audience and make jokes and silly stuff um, once a month. And um, there's also other some cool little uh, uh, um, uh, things that you get what are they called things that you get from supporting the the Patreon um, on the radio station as well but we also like to thank our Patreon members at the end of every episode so that is that Nick Walker and the last Recon, Mike Myers Justin Schneider from KV I'm sorry XVGM Radio uh, Sonic Medley Taco Harold Howard David Taylor Reinhardt Zalkova Andreas Mielberg Dan Loughton, Phantom Jest, Steve Miller, The Autistic Gamer 89, Cameron Worma, Christopher Shenstrom, Bobby Arson from 1UP Funk, Wicked Sephiroth, Carlos Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast, and Brian Pitt. So thank you all very much for your continued support of our little podcast that we just keep doing. Thanks for being awesome and thank you for just being there with us because it's appreciated whether you know it or not. Which we hope you know, because we want you to know it's appreciated. That's right. Yeah, it's not like you're just supporting. Like you're here with us, and um, and that means a lot to us. That you're here. And I think it's interesting. Like, I mean, I may not seem like it, but we genuinely do try to communicate and chat with everybody when we can. Like, obviously, life is busy and times happen. But honestly, if I see somebody make a comment on discord is directed to me i get back to them. oh yeah and if i see something that's just genuinely funny on discord i'll get back to them and after that too but the facebook pretty much responded to every freaking thing on there i keep yeah. up so like honestly you're not just some rando face like if you write in if you message you're in communication with us that's right you're part of you're part of the rhythm and pixels family that's correct that's right and in this family there's a fee <laughs> And it's <laughs> blood. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> sweat or tears? Yeah, sweat. It's sweat. You know, you got you got you got to build a house, and um, for me and Pernell to live in. Gotta build a house made of straw. And then once you're done with that, you got to write songs for us so that we can, I don't know, record it. <laughs> <laughs> time for Pernell. Time for the album to come out. You have to just sit down and write tracks. I never forget, like. Um, how like when I was a kid, I think I said this on the show before too. I don't know. Like I used to work at a credit card processing center, 
and I would like one day while conversing with some friends at the job, I was talking about how like country music was just like I was kind of making fun of it at the time. I'll admit, <laughs> yeah. And I was talking about, like it all sounds the same, and it's always depressing themes. And I just started singing like this random riff of like my impression of a country song, and this one guy at the job was in literal stitches over it, like was just crying. And it got to the point where he would constantly bug me to sing random songs, and then eventually he paid me real money. What? To record like three random like you never talked. You've never talked about this. Yep, he paid me to record a cassette with some actual recorded songs on it. They weren't obviously full songs. It was just like me saying dumb stuff with the twang and some music in the background. But it was he loved it. It was, and to me, I was like, I don't know why he finds this so funny, but hey, I wonder if that's out there. If the I'm making now. someone laugh, I'm gonna keep doing it. I always wonder if stuff like that, like ephemera from like the the, the days of of you know tape decks and, and four track recorders, how much of that translate got 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 recorded onto like YouTube or, or somewhere online now. I wonder about that. I mean, I'm sure some people have pulled it off. It usually ends up being done like they'll probably like record it, or they'll they they, they would connect like an aux cable to like their boombox or yeah. something. And just yeah, I'm get thinking it that about. Way. I have a lot of old tapes from when I was like recording really early in high school. I'm wondering if I can if I should move those over. Because a lot of that stuff was old on like tracker files and stuff that I used to do. Um, like I mean, mods. If you got and the things. goods, you should. I don't think it's good at all, honestly. <laughs> Maybe it should all stay in the closet. <laughs> Eh, that's part of the fun. It's the early days. Although honestly, um, magnetic tape doesn't last. It, it does. It does break down over time. And yeah, it, so it could be breaking down right now. I would know. Yeah, so keep it because you don't. I mean, it's the one thing you're like, oh, it wasn't all that good, but it's still yours. It's your product, and it sucks that it would suck for it to get lost yeah. in time. I should do just that. like when people remember one thing you always hear when people say, "Oh, I'm not really good at taking pictures. I'm not good in pictures." They never take photos, mm. and then 20 years go by, and they want to look back and feel a little nostalgic. They got nothing. Yeah. They never took photos. <laughs> I should do that. I should digitize. I should digitize my old music, and, uh, but don't crunchitize it because so, it already I, sounds crunchy. I was on it to Chris Smith and be like, "Hey, remember this? Remember when we drank way too much caffeine <laughs> and did this <laughs> in your basement? It's crazy." Like, yes. Yeah, Chris would be like, "Yeah, I remember all that. You left, you left it all there in my basement." Um, <laughs> I did. I used to leave all my equipment in his basement. We we would set everything up on this old pool table, like my old turntables and keyboards and stuff. And I mean, it makes sense days. to do. I mean, if that's where you were primarily doing your records and yeah. stuff too, like why dig it up to go home? And especially if he wasn't like, "My parents are mad about the stuff in the basement again. We got to move it all." No, no, yeah, that was there for a long, long time. Anyway, I think we're running on a little too long here. <laughs> Sometimes it's just ramp. Yeah, no, I was that was an interesting anecdote. I've never heard from from your life about that. I mean, I'm I'm becoming more incoherent. Guess <laughs> <laughs> what happens to you? Like after like nine o'clock, you're yeah, like falling asleep. I'm not not good. Um, so anyway, thanks for everyone for listening to the show. We'll see you next week. My name is Rob Nichols, and I'm Pernell. Good night. And remember. Ah, see, this is kind of a fun one, because I think I genuinely said this earlier today, so I was like, I'll just carry it over to the show proper, too, which is that uh, disappointment sucks, but I will also say that taking disappointment in stride is truly what can be considered a virtue, because disappointment is awful, but you can also learn and grow from the disappointment as long as you have the means of which to fortify yourself to push through it. With that said, though, uh, there's no shame in acknowledging that disappointment sucks, and, uh... 
you there's no shame in acknowledging it for what it is and not just bottling up your frustrations and such because even though people might say it's more manly it's really just punishing yourself if you need to let it out let it out just also know that the other side is what you're trying to get to you don't want to stay in the disappointment too long it's just not worth it you're gonna help it so ramble town <laughs>